to episode 71 of Bee Boomer Unleashed, the evolution of news and journalism part one, laying some groundwork. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episodes and all the episodes of Bee Boomer Unleashed. And we're certainly glad that you saw fit to come our way today. Before we get into today's podcast, let me remind you, like I always do, where you can find us, you can always find us at bboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play at bboomerunleashed. You can find us over on iHeartRadio at b.boomerunleashed. On Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram, you can find our link at bboomerunleashed. And on Twitter, you can find our link at bboomerunleash1. And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email. That would be at bboomerunleashed at gmail.com, bboomerunleashed at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the episode and give us suggestions for future episodes. And uh, if you'd like to be a guest on the Be Boomer Unleashed podcast, let us know what you want to talk about and we'll try our best to get you on the air. Well, today we're going to start a new multi-part series about the evolution of news and journalism. Today is part one. We're just going to lay some groundwork today. We're going to interview some news people as we go down through this uh, series. But today we just wanted to uh, lay some groundwork about this business of news and journalism, where it's been, where it's come from, and where it's going to. I guess uh, prior to starting this, I had maybe some preconceived notions and uh, a hypothesis, as some of you scientists would say out there. Through our research, we're going to try to test that hypothesis. But my hypothesis is news and news reporting started out to be something entirely different than what we have today. You know, we're surrounded by news reporting. You know, in the midst of this COVID-19 epidemic, you never know who to believe. Do you believe this newscaster? Do you believe that newscaster? Do you believe this doctor? Do you believe that doctor? Everyone has a different story to tell. It's kind of confusing and a bit perplexing, to be quite honest with you sometimes. And, of course, our president, President Trump, talks about the fake news networks. And there's a lot of fake news going on on just about every network or Any newspaper that might be left out there, we find fake news uh, uh, perpetuated on those mediums. Then, of course, Facebook and Instagram and, you know, Twitter and all those places, people get on there and post pretty much what they want to. So what do you believe and what do you don't? So I wanted to talk a little bit about news, where it came from, some of the early beginnings, and today... We're going to just get started in here. We're going to just scratch the surface uh, as we uh, start this series because journalism and news at its roots was an honorable profession. There was a specific need for those types of uh, reporters or that type of reporting uh, through history. We say, when did they start reporting news? When, When did we first hear about news? Well, I'll go all the way back to the Bible. In the King James Version, there's one mention, one mention of news in the King James Version of the Bible. And you'll find that in Proverbs 25, 25. 
Proverbs 25, 25, it says, As cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. So we hear the word news mentioned one time in the King James Bible. Now, there are other instances when we have synonyms, if you will, for news that we found in the Bible. So there was a reporting of news, whether it was called news or not. And and uh, one of those words that is probably interchangeable with news back in Bible days is tidings, tidings, good tidings, glorious tidings, whatever kind of tidings you want to talk about there. But in the KJV Bible, there are 41 mentions of tidings, T-I-D-I-N-G-S, tidings, 41. 33 of those we find in the Old Testament and 8 of those in the New Testament. Well, one of the most famous tidings, if you will, found in the Bible is found in the Gospel of Luke. And I'm going to share that with you. In Luke chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, it says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings. Or we could refer to that as good news. I bring you good news. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So there was a tiding, or there was some good news, delivered to those uh, shepherds out in the field watching their flocks by night. You remember the story, the nativity, if you will. And this good news, these good tidings came to them. So, you know, we've come a long way from that, haven't we? You know, back a number of years ago, I tried a little publication uh, just a local publication. It was a free publication, like uh, so many of these shopper papers are. It was uh, people paid for advertisement on it, and we gave them away. We put them in stores, kind of like, you know, we see tidbits, nice little newspaper tidbits that uh, we see around in stores. Uh, um, good friend Mark Napier has tidbits, and uh, he puts those around, and I always enjoy picking one up and reading it. Well, we started, oh golly, must have been 25 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, probably more like 30 years ago. We started a little publication called Just Good News, Just Good News. And uh, we had stories in there that were simply good news. There was no negativity. There was no bad news. There was no murder. There was no crime. It was just stories about good news, and we wrestled that around for about a year or so and found out that not too many people wanted to read just good news. Stories were well-written. We had journalistic uh, journalism students and others writing for us, and they were great stories. They were reported. They went out and interviewed people and reported those stories. But it seems that people a lot of times would rather read bad news, bad news. Now, Merriam-Webster that we refer to often in this podcast, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, we find a definition of news, news. 
They give it as a report of recent events. So news is a report of recent events. In other words, he gave her the good news that she was going to get a promotion. It's a report of recent events. News is also previously unknown information. Because of this news story, I know something now that I didn't know before I read this story or listened to this story. So it's previously unknown information, such as, hey, I've got good news for you. I've got, boy, do I have some news for you. And I remember um, years and years ago, little paper boys stood on the corner and, extra, extra, read all about it. And uh, they would have an extra edition of the news that had some breaking news story that people were interested in hearing about. Another definition of news from Merriam-Webster is something having a specified influence or effect. The rain was good news for lawns and gardens. The virus was bad news. So stories that have an adverse or a positive effect are newsworthy, if you will. Now, Merriam-Webster also gives us a definition for journalism. And the definition of journalism, there are several parts to that. It's the collection and editing of news for presentation through the media. Well, what's the media? Well, that would be the newspaper, magazine, TV, radio, Internet, where whatever news media that you might have is the collection and editing of news for presentation through the media. The public press is journalism. Journalists we refer to as those who work for the public press. Journalism is also an academic study. You can get a degree in journalism. Uh, It's concerned with the collection and editing of news or management of a news medium. Another definition of journalism is writing designed for publication in a newspaper or magazine. Writing characterized by direct presentation of facts. Now get that, a direct presentation of facts or description of events without an attempt at interpretation. So we're not going to interpret that news one way or the other. We're going to present the facts. Some of you boomers remember the show Dragnet, Sergeant Joe Friday. Just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. Just want the facts. And uh, that's what we should be seeing in news stories. Facts, not opinion. Facts, opinions are for editorials. But a news story should be facts. And uh, also, finally, writing designed to appeal to current popular taste or public interest. So you have a story that has some appeal to it. People don't, you know, people probably don't want to Uh, read a story about, um, you know, game night at the lake household. They probably don't want to read about that. But they might want to read a story if our house burned down during game night at the lake house, you know. So there has to be a public interest. There has to be a public interest for this news story. Now, do you realize that journalists and newspapers in particular – First, we'll talk about newspapers. But they have a code of ethics. Did you know that journalists have a code of ethics? In 1922, 
newspaper editors came up with a code of ethics. There was an American Society of Newspaper Editors, and they adopted a code of ethics in 1922, and they called them the canons of journalism. Certainly not as important as the canons of Scripture, Scripture that's canonized, but it's acceptable practice. This is acceptable practice. In other words, if you work for the New York Times or the Herald-Dispatch or the Boston Tribune or the Washington Post, regardless of what newspaper or what uh, news outlet you work for, you're all going to operate by the same code of ethics. And I'm going to read through that for you here today. I'm going to hit some of the high spots. They have a preamble to that. And I think this is pretty interesting. They said the First Amendment protecting freedom of expression from abridgment by any law guarantees to the people through their press a constitutional right and thereby places on newspaper people a particular responsibility. Thus, journalism demands of its practitioners not only industry and knowledge, but also the pursuit of a standard of integrity. Proportionate to the journalist's singular obligation to this end, the American Society of Newspaper Editors sets forth this statement of principles as a standard encouraging the highest ethical and professional performance. Now, folks, that was back in 1922. They realized the power of the press and how it could be used irresponsibly. But they knew that they needed to develop a code of ethics because not everybody's ethical. But if you've got a code of ethics that says, hey, you're going to work in this business, you're going to do this. Well, the first thing they talked about was responsibility. The primary purpose of gathering and distributing news and opinion is to serve the general welfare by informing the people, enabling them to make judgments on the issues of the time. You report the story, let them, let that public make judgments of the issues of the time. Says newspaper men and women who abuse the power of their professional role for selfish motives or unworthy purposes are faithless to that public trust. The American press was made free, not just to inform or just to serve as a forum for debate, but also to bring an independent scrutiny to bear on the forces of power in the society, including the conduct of official power at all levels of government. The news media is supposed to present us the facts and let us make the decisions. It's their responsibility. Article 2 talks about freedom of the press belongs to the people. It must be defended against encroachment or as assault from any quarter, public or private. Journalists must be constantly alert to see that the public's business is conducted in public. They must be vigilant against all who would exploit the press for selfish purposes. Hmm. We're not going down that road today, but I'm setting groundwork I'm setting groundwork today, laying some groundwork that we're going to base this study on is, are we still adhering to this code of ethics? Article 3, independence. Journalists must avoid impropriety and the appearance of impropriety as any conflict of interest 
or the appearance of conflict, they should neither accept anything nor pursue any activity that might compromise or seem to compromise their integrity. (laughs) Integrity. Article 4, Truth and Accuracy. Good faith with the reader is the foundation of good journalism. Every effort must be made to assure that the news content is accurate, free from bias, and in context, and that all sides are presented fairly. Editorials, analytical articles, and commentary should be held to the same standards of accuracy with respect to facts as news reports. Significant errors of fact as well as errors of omission should be corrected promptly and prominently. In other words, if you mess up, tell people, hey, I messed up. This was wrong. Article 5, impartiality. To be impartial does not require the press to be unquestioning or to refrain from editorial expression. Sound practice, however, demands a clear distinction for the reader between news reports and opinion. So there are opinion pieces, editorials, and there are news stories. And the two should never, you should never be able to confuse a straight news story with an opinion piece or an editorial. Articles that contain opinion or personal interpretation should be clearly identified. Hmm. Once again, not going down that road today, but I think you can tell where I'm going to go with this. Article 6, Fair Play. Journalists should respect the rights of people involved in the news, observe the common standards of decency, and stand accountable to the public for the fairness and accuracy of their news reports. Persons publicly accused should be given the earliest opportunity to respond. Pledges of confidentiality to news sources must be honored at all costs and therefore should not be given lightly unless there is clear and pressing need to maintain confidences. Sources of information should be identified. And boy, we've warped that one over the years, haven't we? These principles are intended to preserve, protect, and strengthen the bond of trust and respect between American journalists and the American people. These principles that we talk about here between journalists and the American people should be a bond that is essential to sustain the grant of freedom entrusted to both of them by the nation's founders. Now, that's the Code of Ethics as recorded in 1922 by the American Society of Newspaper Editors. Now, a little later, along comes the Society of Professional Journalists, these folks who worked for the newspapers primarily back in those days. And they came up with their own code of ethics, which is very similar to the other one, but let me just take you through the high points here. They, too have a preamble. They say the members of the Society of Professional Journalists believe that public enlightenment is the forerunner of justice and the foundation of democracy. 
ethical journalism strives to ensure the free exchange of information that is accurate, fair, and thorough. An ethical journalist acts with integrity. The Society declares these four principles as the foundation of ethical journalism and encourages their use in its practice by all people in all media. So what do they have to say? What's in their big uh, code of ethics? Well, first thing they talk about is seeking the truth and reporting it. Ethical journalism should be accurate and fair. Journalists should be honest and courageous in gathering, reporting, and interpreting information. Journalists are supposed to take responsibility for the accuracy of their work, verify information, Remember that neither speed nor format excuses inaccuracy, no matter how big a hurry you're in. There's no excuse for an inaccurate reporting. Provide context. You know, it's just like when you're studying the Bible. A lot of folks can jerk a verse out of context. You can jerk a statement out of context from somebody that's talking and make them sound like a bad guy when actually in context it was a very honorable thing to do. Uh, Take special care not to misrepresent or oversimplify. Uh, Gather, update, and correct information throughout the life of the story. If you find out something tomorrow that wasn't true today, then you need to report that. Be cautious when making promises, they say, but keep the promises you make. Identify sources clearly. The public is entitled to as much information as possible to judge the reliability and motivation of sources. I guess we're even supposed to know the name of whistleblowers, aren't we? Well, what about that? Consider sources' motives. What's their motivation for speaking to the press? Diligently seek subjects of news coverage to allow them to respond to criticisms and allegations of wrongdoing. Uh, Avoid undercover and other surreptitious methods of gathering information unless traditional open methods will not yield information vital to the public. About that. Be vigilant and courageous. Support the open and civil exchange of views. Recognize a certain obligation to serve as watchdogs. Provide access to sources and source material. Boldly tell a story. Avoid stereotyping. Label advocacy and commentary. Never deliberately distort facts or context. Never deliberately distort facts or context. Never deliberately distort facts or context. Never plagiarize. Don't steal somebody else's work. They're also to minimize harm. Ethical journalism treats sources, subjects, colleagues, and members of the public as human beings deserving respect. Never cause harm to somebody just because it makes for a good story. Uh, Show compassion for those who may be affected by news coverage. You know, it never ceases to amaze me how a journal, a journalist, as a past school principal, you know, I've had students in my student body pass away from one reason or another. They died in car wrecks. They overdosed. They, you know, just died. Well, tell me how that makes you feel, <laughs> Mr. Lake. Uh, who at, what moron asks a question like that? You know, there, there's got to be some tact and some compassion. 
recognize that legal access to information differs from ethical justification to publish and broadcast and realize that private people have greater right to control information about themselves than public figures. Avoid pandering for lurid curiosities. Balance a suspect's right to a speedy trial and a due process. Consider those long-term applications of what you're reporting. Are you going to taint a jury by reporting something that might be your opinion rather than something that might be the truth? Consider those long-term implications. Act independently. Uh, The highest and primary obligation of ethical journalism is to serve the public. Journalists need to avoid conflict of interest, you know. Refuse gifts, favors, fees, and free travel. How many of these journalists get free travel and special favors and all this stuff from people who want them to write favorably of them? Be wary of sources offering information for favors or money. Deny favored treatment to advertisers just because somebody advertises on your newspaper, in your newspaper, or on your radio broadcast or TV show because they spend thousands of dollars in advertising with you, you still got to report the truth about them. Distinguish news from advertising and shun hybrids that blur the lines. And finally, this is different, isn't it? Finally, be accountable and transparent. (laughs) Ethical journalism means taking responsibility for one's work and explaining one's decision to the public instead of hiding behind the First Amendment. Explain ethical choices. Respond quickly to questions about accuracy. Acknowledge mistakes and correct them. Expose unethical conduct in journalism. And abide by the same high standards they expect of others. So there you have it. Newspapers and journalists have a code of ethics. So now that you have a little background on the standards that newspapers and other media and journalists in particular have, When you think of the ethics that they're supposed to possess, now you know what what standard they're held to. As we go through this series, we're going to see if this code of ethics for newspapers, if this code of ethics for media, if this code of ethics for journalists still holds true today, or has it become something entirely different? My hypothesis is that it has become something entirely different. But maybe the facts will prove me wrong. And a good news story, a good reporter, always looks for the facts. Well, next week we'll be talking about what makes a good news story and how journalists are supposed to determine what's news and what isn't. That should be interesting as we go along. Well, hopefully you've gained a little bit of knowledge today. Maybe you knew everything that was in those code of ethics that we shared with you today, but I just felt I needed to lay just a little bit of groundwork before we went down this road and before we explored my hypothesis that journalism and news reporting have changed dramatically over the years. 
So like I say, next week we're going to be talking about what makes a good news story and uh, determine what's news and what isn't. So thanks for joining us today. Man, it's been great to have you along. Uh, We hope you'll tune in next week and listen to all the episodes of Bee Boomer Unleashed. We look forward to being with you again soon. But until then, have a great week, and may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye.